Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. Yo, Yo welcome. welcome. <laughs> oh dear. Hi, babe. Here we are. Hi. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna date this. Just you know, again, in case like the world takes a another another turn or twist, and we really put our foot yeah. in it. It's currently Sunday, March 29th. So this is where we're at. That's the disclaimer. If we say anything that makes no longer sense on, I don't know, Monday, March 30th, get over also, it. Also, another disclaimer. We are recording remotely from both of our apartments uh, through some kind of newfangled like technology from the net starring Sandra Bullock. And uh, we don't know how this is going to sound. And if it sounds bad... I'm not even sorry. Deal with it. We're trying. Mozart's ghost. <laughs> Mozart's ghost. <laughs> Lovely. How are you? What are you doing? What have you been doing? Talk to me. Um, I'm doing okay. Now, we've obviously decided to continue doing the podcast just because it's a good distraction for us. And it's a nice distra- distraction for our nine listeners as well. So let's just plow on. Probably like a lot of people, there are good days and not so good days. I'm having a good day today. Okay. Let me tell you something. Hit me. When I got up this morning, I paid a bill on my laptop. I tended to some emails. I then did a 20-minute Italian lesson by an app on my phone, <laughs> and then I did a workout. Oh, you're having one of those days. You're having a I'm an influencer in the uh, pandemic days. <laughs> But just I'm an influencer. I'm all about just, you know, um bettering yourself. Self-improvement. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what that's what you're gonna get out of this pandemic. Well, let me tell you something. I've just come off of a five-day juice cleanse. Some might say, doing a juice cleanse during a pandemic, is that a good idea? Let me tell you why it was a good idea. It cost me the same amount of money. Great <laughs> idea. Five days worth of juices from this stupid place in, in Hollywood. Uh, it cost me the same as it would have to go to the uh, supermarket, grocery store, if you will. And, you know, um, I mean, essentially, I paid the same amount for nothing, but let's not quibble over the details. And, uh, yeah, I drank six juices uh, a day for five days, did not eat any solid food, no coffee, nothing apart from that and water. Yeah. And now I'm thin as a rake and happy. <laughs> <laughs> You're now that skinny influencer you always wanted to be. Precisely. Okay, what was the best juice? What was the worst juice? Uh, worst juice was like the morning one. I can't quite remember what was in it, but it, it was the most savory one and it had it looked like sludgy pond water. And then that's, that was the first one of the day. Mm. The best one, there was one at like you have at midday that had like ginger in it that was kind of peppy and nice. But really the, the last one of the day is like almost like a protein shake. And that was the only one that was nice because it was the only one that had any actual sustenance. <laughs> so you'd have that one and you're like, oh my God, I've actually yeah. had some food. Thank God for that. I, I mean, this I genuinely think this is the perfect time for you to do this. Yeah, I mean. Because you're like, you're at home, you're not commuting, you're not like, there's there's no one to annoy yeah. with it other than like me yeah. on calls. So I think it's great. I will tell you, I once did um, a juice cleanse, but obviously I took it a step further and you had to make all the juices yourself. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it, it was like squeezing almonds and grinding celery. I did it for, I think, three days. And on the third day, it was so severe that I felt 
I mean, horrific. I had to, I, I, I was driving home and I thought I was going to oh, vomit no. on the freeway and I got home and I vomited everywhere. And then that was that. I was cleansed. Well, I, I, um, this is maybe too much information. Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you that, but you know, I think you can deduce what I was about to say anyway. Um, so yeah, I was mm-hmm. also cleansed mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, but yeah, it's over and I feel great. I have, I'm very proud of myself. I, it's only halfway through the first day of eating, but I have not eaten anything bad yet. So let's see how long that lasts, shall we? Smug-a-dug-dug. I want to just say on, on, um, on the note of self-improvement, I mean, other than, you know, trying to learn Italian, I will say, I've been saying I was going to learn Italian <laughs> for about six months and only today have I got round to it, like three weeks into a worldwide pandemic. So we'll see how that goes. I have been whitening my teeth more. Oh, lovely. Because when you do them, you have to put in like the gum shield thing for like two to four hours, at which point right. you can't eat or drink anything. How often do you have those situations? You know? I mean, I should have done that with the juice cleanse. That would have been perfect. Oh, the juice, juice cleanse, like teeth whitening combo. Yeah. So just, just so everyone knows, if you've come here for like serious reportage of the pandemic, then you're in big, big trouble. We're going to talk about teeth whitening and juice cleanse. <laughs> the important stuff yeah we will get into the main episode a little bit and in the main episode in every episode we tackle a british topic uh, we dissect it and work out what the u.s equivalent is and we tackle an american topic we dissect it and work out what the british equivalent is but you know there's always a bit of business at the top of the show speaking of business um how, how, am, I, how am i looking you're looking lovely i'm i'm and i'll set up i've got you on a skype call and a recording call don't understand it yeah you're looking like a young sinead o'connor thank you that's what I was going for. When, when I shaved my head last night with my beard trimmer, not ideal, you know, pretty pleased with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to do that soon because I'm, I'm starting to get a little out of control. But can you see that my, my panic moustache has almost disappeared? Oh, yeah. Looks good. Thank you. Yeah, last week I decided in a fit of madness just to shave my beard off and have a moustache. And it was, it was an okay look. I, I didn't like revealing my chin. My 35-year-old chin was not happy being revealed. I'm glad it's gone back to being covered up. But it was a strong look on voice on like video calls, and that's the most important thing these days. Thank you, thank you. I was I was pulling my top up and covering my the chins that were exposed, and it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some feedback. Okay, bit of feedback from Tom in London. Now, he said that we were close with Gloria Hunniford. I think we were pitching a show about canal boats. Oh, yeah. Tom in London said we were close with Gloria Hunniford, but the correct answer is Prunella Scales. And then he's done a link to us, Great Canal Journeys. And it's a TV show already. Yes, we've actually uh, also, uh, Call Us to Charlie said the exact same thing. FYI, there's a show on Channel 4 called Great Canal Journeys. We really, really fucked up there by not knowing our canal shows, didn't we? I'm always a fan of like pitching a show that already exists. Um, a little bit more feedback from Tom in London. He said, did you know the reason they added the Millennium Dome onto the oh, EastEnders right. title credits map is because someone wrote to points of view <laughs> and pointed out it was missing. They plonked it on the map then and there. And he said, I know, because I watched that episode of points of view. Points of view. Oh my God. Do we have time to explain that? <laughs> Just quickly go do it. Points of View was a consumer complaints show where people would write in to Anne Robinson of The Weakest Link fame, your favorite, and complain about things on television. And then they would address them or she would just read them out. <laughs> Wasn't it just people complaining about TV? She would read them out, but it was, but it was, it was a BBC show and all the complaints were about BBC shows. 
So it'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, the East Enders title sequence doesn't have the Millennium Dome. What's that about? So she'd read out the letter or facts, and then she would read it in a slightly kind of snarky classic like Anne Robinson way. And also everyone was kind of in, like some of them were very serious, but some of them were kind of like fun and jovial. And she just went to town with that. Um, thank you for Tom and London for that. Um, that's some very strong feedback, I will say. What have you got going on there, babes? Actually, just to, just to, uh, I forgot to mention in um, also Canal Boat <laughs> News, Dean UK 2020 um, on Instagram said, Celebrity Britain by Barge on Channel 5 Now. Ooh. Anne Diamond, Jenny Bond, Pete Waterman, and Bill Oddie. <laughs> Lovely. I'm not sure if that's a real show or if he's pitching a show, but either way, it's perfect. Uh, he also says, great to have a lowdown on that Wendy creature, referring to Wendy Williams. Ooh. She's always on my social media saying or doing something offensive. He said her Statue of Liberty faint is up there with Gillian McKeith's uh, faint on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> <laughs> Now, oh my god, that's the UK equivalent of Wendy Williams fainting. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, I've had Disco Drive Through get in touch. Hey, Disco Drive Through, thank you for listening as always. He said a little feedback on the O2. You didn't mention the Emirates airline cable cars as a ma- method of transportation. And while it's been in a weird semi state of soft launch the past year and a half, there's a new O2 outlet mall all around the edges of the arena. So I'm very excited about that. And he also said that they've just built a huge North Greenwich Ikea dome, which I find very welcome. <laughs> the North Greenwich Ikea dome. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I've got a very long one from uh, podcast nemesis, Michael. <sighs> Basically, the crux of it is, is that I cut the segment um, from the O2 last, uh, last time that you guys saw the Britney Circus tour um, at the O2. He says, I remember pouring Red Bulls into a bottle of Tesco's own brand vodka for the journey over. And Sierra opened. What a time to be alive it was. Very pre-corona, that is. Lovely. Um, We've had Amy McCulloch get in touch from Clapham. And she says, hey guys, just to say the podcast is great and please keep it up if you can. It made me laugh on a rough day and has fully reignited my love for Girls Aloud. Have you guys found a US version of Noel Edmonds and Mr. Blobby yet? I mean... We need to do a Noel's House Party episode. God, did we do that? I feel like we did talk about... No, that was the British equivalent of something. I swear it was. Oh. Uh-oh. I think, I think that may have been in one of the abandoned episodes when tech was not... on. on, on <laughs> just wasn't in our favour. Yeah, but Amy, good suggestion. I think we should definitely do um, Noel Edmonds, Mr. Blobby, slash uh, Noel's House Party. And I can also tell the story about the time where Noel Edmonds almost gave me a lift. Oh, lovely. That's pretty much the story. So get excited. Um, anyway, best best wishes from Clapham. Thank you, Amy. Uh, keep it up. Keep listening. Okay. Um, that is that for the feedback. Thank you, everyone. Please keep on getting in touch. Hey, before we dive into our British and American topics, I want to ask you, what TV shows are keeping you going during all of this? Um, I have started watching Making the Cut on Amazon, which is Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn's uh, Amazon version of Project Runway. So we now have uh, Project Runway making the cut and I want to call it best in show. What is it called? Next in fashion. Yeah. <laughs> which would have been the dog fashion version of that, which is actually a great idea. It's coming. I've been watching making the cut with Heidi and Tim. It's uh, I was texting you actually. I think I was, I was calling it a very pre Corona cause there's, they go, they take the designers to Paris and there was just lots of shots of like the Parisian streets with like thousands of people. And it's all just very strange. Ooh. It's exactly the same as, 
Project Runway and making the cut, which means I'm enjoying it. Is someone is someone in like France like just tearing very gently like a croissant and then like eating it, and then feeding it to someone else, all that kind of stuff going on? Precisely, and just French people just hugging and yeah. Um, so I'm watching a lot of that. I'll tell you what I'm not watching. That Tiger King documentary show, whatever it is. I'm not interested. I, I don't care. Oh, you see, here's the thing. I watched an episode of that and I found it so depressing and just like upsetting. It's like the worst yeah. of humanity and America and America in one TV show. But I get why like the this, this characters are so strong. The story is so strong. And I get why people want to watch it because the world is so um extreme right now people probably want to watch something that's even more extreme than their daily lives yeah no i get it but you know me i'm a contrarian so like as soon as something becomes the thing that everyone talks about making a murderer breaking bad etc i won't watch it yeah. i haven't watched any of them the wire no thanks i watched uh, also the movie contagion the other night and do you know what it's not a great movie like yeah a lot of it is exactly what's going on right now but the soundtrack is appalling it sounds like lots of library music just blipping and blopping everywhere i don't remember gwyneth paltrow dies way too early and matt damon survives matt damon is like fucking immune <laughs> it was furious oh you thought gwyneth should have survived but yeah like i i, I in general i didn't care about any of the characters the only thing i cared about is matt damon dying and he didn't die <laughs> i was just thinking about another Matt Damon and Gwyneth vehicle, where it was just the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. Another one where Gwyneth should have survived and Matt Damon should have died. I love that movie. Hang on, does she die in that? N no, no, she doesn't. She doesn't die. I love that movie. I'm sure a lot of people out there are also watching RuPaul's Drag Race. It is certainly getting me through. If you are watching it, shout out to our friends at Afterthought Media. Do listen to their podcast, Drag Race Recap. Uh, it's out there. And uh, honestly, Drag Race is perfect for now. Absolutely. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you into at the moment? It's clearly the season of Heidi in Closet. Yeah. Hello. She's a star, a true star. Heidi is just so likable and wonderful yeah. and just funny. The rest of them, pretty much all of them, when they're not in drag, I absolutely detest them. I would say Heidi and Gigi are the should be the top two. Heidi really is like the bagger of this season. Like oh, 100%. <laughs> really rough, really rough around the edges, but just so likable yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, so should we uh, dive into our lovely topics? Let's do it. And we are back. I mean, let's be honest, we couldn't fucking go anywhere because we're all inside. So... <laughs> Uh, in every episode, we translate a British topic and American topic. Fraser, you're up first. What's your topic? Tula Paulina Constavalos. What would that mean to you? It would give me. It would give me a feeling of I don't know, 2013, and I would get <laughs> excited and I'd feel young. <laughs> That's right, because I am talking about Talisa. Uh, this is Future Fraser. I just recorded that little sound drop from inside uh, my wardrobe because it's the only place I could get some sound quality because when we were recording, uh, me saying the word Talisa didn't work. Great. Bye. So again, as always, I'm going to read her little Wikipedia first line so that gives you the overview of who she is. Tula Paulina Constavalos, known professionally as Talisa, is a British singer, songwriter, and television personality. I'm just going to stop you right there. So I'm going to stop you right there. Known professionally as the female boss, I think you'll find. Well, don't worry, we'll get to the female boss of it all. So um, in the year 2000, uh, the group N-Dubs was formed uh, with uh, the members 
Phaser, that's not Fraser, that's Phaser, F-A-Z-Z-E-R, um, Dappy and Talisa. So uh, Talisa and Dappy were cousins and uh, they invited their friend Phaser to join their group. They were a, a, a hip hop pop group, would you say? But but very street. They, I mean, they definitely had a UK flavor from like the UK grime streets or something. So N-Dubs were this kind of uh, hip hop pop group um, and they released their first single in 2006 called You Better Not Waste My Time. Um, speaking of wasting my time, I'm not going to go into a lot of the N-Dubs music because it really wasn't for me. Um, but they had like lots of, <laughs> am I right though? Do you care about N-Dubs' music? No, I don't remember any N-Dubs music. I do remember when I was working at a TV show, they came on and performed. But the thing I really remember about N-Dubs is the TV show being N-Dubs. Oh, of course. Which was kind of like at the time revolutionary because it was a reality show where they strapped cameras onto like their bodies. So they, they were filming them, but you also got like their, their POV, their point of view. Like a body cam. It was like they're being arrested by the police all the time, wasn't it? Well, Talisa basically invented the body cam. Yeah. Well, exactly. And we'll get to that later as well. Um, I will say the, the one of the songs I remember was that song Playing With Fire with Mr. Hudson. Do you remember that? Oh, Mr. Hudson. Oh. The most 2009 name you could have heard, right? Yeah. And then actually, I'd say that their most popular song was actually um, the song Number One with Tinchy Strider. It went to number one in the UK charts. Remember that song? <laughs> Once again, Tinchy Strider, an another name for another day. <laughs> I feel like Tinchy Strider and Chipmunk are like a, a real a real duo for another time. Yeah, they were two real rappers of the time. Is that the right term? <laughs> mm, sure. So, um, so yeah, basically, end up with this kind of uh, UK hip hop group, and they had kind of well, in not in my eyes, they had success, but they actually kind of did um, with younger people than us. <laughs> So, you know, she was kind of a, um, you know, like a street, you know, uh, it was unusual because she was Caucasian, but in a uh, hip hop band. Um, and then big things happened for Talisa in 2011. What happened for her in 2011, Ben? She became a judge on The X Factor. That's correct. The nation's sweetheart, Cheryl, scuttled away from The X Factor, the UK X Factor, <laughs> and Talisa scuttled into her place. So she joined in 2011 as an X Factor judge, which was a huge big deal because obviously Cheryl had been so popular on the show and had like, that's the show that made Cheryl into the kind of nation's sweetheart. So they were like, I know, we'll do it again with Talisa. Do you look? So she, she joined in, um, in 2011 for series eight X Factor, I think it is. No one's counting. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just to give it a bit of context. The other judges at the time were Gary Barlow, Kelly Rowland, uh, Talisa and Louis Walsh. What a lineup. Because <laughs> that's, oh, that was the year Cheryl was concentrating on X Factor USA. How funny. I feel like X Factor USA comes up so much in this podcast. And all we do is just refer to her outfit. <laughs> um, so I think Talisa was like, she was kind of a hit on the show. Like people liked her. They thought she was like pretty real. Is that right? Do you think? Well, she, the, the thing is the first, I think the first or season or series or two that she was on she really went for it like she worked hard she was committed and i think the first series she was on she she helped well she champ championed little mix well now you've you've hit the nail on the head there yes she was very popular on the first series that she did because yeah she was the mentor of the groups category and little mix previously known as what were they called? Rhythmics. I was about to say mixtape. <laughs> um, a great name for a little mix <laughs> ripoff band. Um, yeah, she was she was mentoring Little Mix, uh, and they were they kind of grew hugely popular over the course of their time on X Factor. 
turning point was the uh, performance of E.T. by Katy Perry in Halloween week, if you remember. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> what a, yeah uh, of course i remember it with all the they were like dolls with all the yeah, perfect the movements yeah like robotic <laughs> rag dolls but wait something something else that's key something else is key about um talisa on um the x factor is at the beginning with like the doors open and she's standing there with gary kelly and gary. um simon when they said her name <laughs> gary kelly and simon what a what a trio like when they shouted out her name like Talisa, they would zoom in at her and she'd put up yeah. her arm um as if like i'm trying to describe this motion I, like she her arm so it was like in front of her face and it showed off her tattoo that said the female boss the female boss exactly what a stunning what a stunning entrance you know Cher cheryl used to do was it uh she used to do a salute yeah i know simon and cheryl used to like also like share a salute and yeah that became talisa's thing showing off that stunning stunning tattoo I've got a quick, a quick little quiz for you. Oh, I'd like you to name just one other personal act that was in the same season as L of Little Mix of X Factor. One other person that came from that person or band. Wait, didn't? Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, that wasn't the One Direction year, was it? Come on, now, of course not. No, because Cheryl would have had to have been there. Um, exactly, exactly. Come on, I'll give you one more guess. Just name one one other personal act, and then I'm going to give you some real highlights. Oh, Katie Wasel. No, she was still in the Cheryl days too. Oh, damn it! Runner up was Marcus Collins. Third place was Amelia Lilly of uh, "You Bring Me Joy" fame. <gasps> <laughs> love, love her. Love that song. Uh, other highlights in that season was uh, Frankie Cocosa, Johnny Robinson, <laughs> and also Kitty Brucknell. Remember, she was she was the uh, the Katie Wasel of that season. Remember Kitty? She was like, she, was she what? She wanted to be Lady Gaga, didn't she? Yeah, because Gaga was came week. on to perform. Yes, yes. <laughs> Gaga came she on came to perform. But, yeah, but she wasn't. But Katie, yeah, Kitty wasn't allowed to sing the Gaga song she wanted or something. I can't remember yes. the whole drama. Something like that. I feel like it was like Edge of Glory, maybe, and she wasn't allowed to do it. And then Lady Gaga runs out and hugs her when she sings for her survival. I think. I don't know. What a time to be alive. So that was kind of you know that was. X Factor is what got Talisa like fully into the nation's tension, um, I would say. And then she used the opportunity to launch her solo career. So let's get to the real meat of this subject, Talisa's solo career. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Her first single from the female boss went in at number one in the UK, which I don't remember happening. It was called Young. song what a song also what a song to define an era of our friendship right this song is so important like just think just when you were there when you were just now like leading up to talking about this song it's like when someone it's like <laughs> as if someone was about to say ben i'm about to bring out your favorite cake your favorite flavor of cake for you had to have a bite of <laughs> like that's the feeling i get when i think of that song that song is so wonderful the music video in Miami. Oh. And um, I remember the, about that song that my friend um, June, she had her, I think her 30th birthday was that year, I think. 
And um, it was funeral themed because it's the death of her 20s. Um, and she had a playlist that was all about being young. So it was like forever young and all this stuff. And I remember I got told off for requesting Young by Talisa to go on that. And I was like, uh, this is the perfect song to go on a death to your 20s playlist. But hey, I'm not better about that at all mentioning it now. I'm, I'm going to tell you my favorite uh, personal memory of that song is I was with some of my university friends and we were spending a day in the park in London. Then we went back to one of their houses and I don't think... I obviously was all over that song, but no one else in the group was quite aware of it yet. <laughs> yep. So I put it on like on repeat, um, you know, m- much like the sort of, you know, the PR marketing gay that I, I the role that I often play <laughs> in life and um, put it on repeat. And in my friend's house, she had a giant, giant martini glass, like one of those kind of like joke ones right. that was huge. So we got so giddy with the song, we started to make a giant mojito <laughs> in that giant martini glass. And we, we made about four and drank them all. And people were going to the shops oh, to get more rum and sugar. And the song was just going played on a loop, kept on going. And then her sound system broke and that was it. Wow. So young Talisa actually broke the sound system with that amazing song. Yeah. With what I would actually describe yeah. as strained vocals. Because Talisa is a good singer. Is she? She's like one of those like powerful, she, I was thinking but, about this. but kind of doesn't sound pleasant. She's like Joe from s Club. Yeah, she's a little bit Sarah Harding. Basically, if they all went through, they've got power, but if they all went through like intense vocal training, they could really do yeah, something. It's, it's, it's yeah, the Joe from S Club sound to me, I always say it's technically correct, but very loud and like a little bit, a little bit jarring. And I'd say those vocals were really put on to test for the Britain's Got Talent performance of Young. I implore anyone that's listening to take some time out of your day. I know you've got it to go to youtube.com and type in Talisa Young, Britain's Got Talent, and watch one of the strangest things you'll ever see. The most rehearsal footage looking performance you're ever I mean, going to watch. <laughs> the, wearing, wearing a flapper dress outfit with lots of just like hangy bits, barefoot, limited choreography. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a lot. Some real hair as well. Some, a huge amount of hair with some red streaks in it. It's, it's I just implore everyone to watch it. It's a it's a real terrible and wonderful time at the same time, especially because the best part about the song is the chorus doesn't have any singing. So there's this like really big build up, and then it's just like the chorus is going, and she's just kind of like standing there, like la la la, like not singing. It's very funny to watch. Um, so I want to read out. Hang on, before we go any further, I want to read out some of the lyrics to Young. I know you're you're going to put in like a soundbite, but I just want to just so everyone knows, you know, where we are. Forgive me for what I've done, because I'm young. Yeah, I'm young. I don't mean to frighten you off. It's just fun. It's just fun. And then things like, we live on the edge of life. We don't even compromise. Oh. We rush because we're out of time. time. Forgive time. us for what we've done because we're young. <laughs> we're young. We're young. It just, it, it's like, it's such a kind of anthem. Oh, it really is. I, I'm really, I'm very intrigued to hear if anyone out there cared about this song apart from you and me. <laughs> I know like a handful of it, but like, I, I'd love to know if people even remember this song existed. Speaking of remembering songs that didn't exist, should we talk about that follow-up single in 2012? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Before we get to it, I just want to I just want to signpost and flag a few things from the Young Music video. First of all, all set in Miami, her gay PA features heavily. Her gay PA who was in the Daily Mail a lot. Yep. There's a goat at one point. Yep. Another point is standing on like the edge of the she, she save a goat on the street, doesn't she? <laughs> 
she does. She's she's roller skating at one yeah. point. She she crashes an art exhibit yeah. and gets some barrier makeup and writes on like a yes. wall or something. Yeah, she defaces artwork with sponsored makeup. That is some fucking PR genius. That really is. Um, but wait, doesn't she doesn't she deface it by writing the female boss? I I do you know what I actually did not watch the young music video in preparation for this. That song is so like emblazoned in my mind that the video isn't as strong for me. It's just the song. Got okay. it. Okay. But speaking of videos that are emblazoned into my mind, do you hear those waves crashing on the beach, Ben? <laughs> Can you hear them? Well, I do. I do, because do you know what? One resolution I had at the beginning of this year was that I was going to pop more champagne this oh, year we did, than we did our last year. year. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about <laughs> follow-up single, Live It Up, featuring Tiger. Oh my God. What another great song. Not as much of an anthem as Young, but just like, <laughs> couldn't be more important in our friendship. The song Live It Up featuring Tiger. It featured uh, Talisa in a yellow dress lounging on the beach, probably still in Miami. They probably shot the same, you know, the two videos back to back, I'd say. <laughs> um, and it's a real contender for my Back to the Islands playlist, which is white people, oh, yeah. white people appropriating a Caribbean sound. <laughs> she does I... very heavy on the accent in that song. I love this song. I like much like the way I dealt with the first song uh, with Young. I really tried to champion the second single. I was like, "She's got it. She's doing another song. It's going to be an anthem. Let's pop more champagne. Let's do it." <laughs> no one listened. I'll be honest. The rest of her singles all fell off the face of the earth, apart from a amazing single last year called "Daddy." I wanna call you daddy. And again, again, in fact, this whole podcast episode is about how you and me are championing songs by Delisa and how no one else cares about them. But I'm telling you people, get out there and watch the music video for Daddy. It's great. The song is great. The music video is fun. It's like oh. the, the music video cost maybe £3.50 and that was all spent on like fluoro material that she's wearing. I love the colors of it. It's such a fun song. I really recommend. That song did not chart. Um, I'm just looking at the chart positions and it's just a dash. <laughs> it 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 charted yeah. in our hearts. And I also think that the, I wonder how many times last year you and I were driving around in my Jeep Wanna just listening to Daddy. Daddy. I love it. Yeah, I, I forced um, CLC and Nina to listen to that song loads when they came over to visit. And uh, yeah, we made it. We, I sung it to them in, a, in a, I sung it to them in two cans in Palm Springs because the bartender was like a real daddy and I was singing it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but also in 2012, sticking to that year, just, just of her kind of musical releases. There's a great legal battle that happened in 2012. One of Talisa's many legal battles. The fun one is that in 2012, Will I Am and Britney released the song Scream and Shout. Um, and that obviously did very, very well. It went to number one. Turns out Talisa co-wrote Scream and Shout. Um, and it was meant to be on her on the female boss album under the name I Don't Give a Fuck. <laughs> um, and it says, however, Will I Am's producers reportedly didn't like the original version. Um, and then he kind of kept it and released it released it as a collaboration with Britney. 
but she says that um that she was a co-writer on it and that actually i think there's even talk that she was her voice is like in that song still because obviously britney doesn't record any of her own music so like she probably sang over the top of it but a lot of like the backing vocals are talisa which i just love thinking about that that song's like an international like smash hit yeah. the, our little talisa's voice on it everybody looking at us looking at us well that's well that's a lot of people say that's why britney does a british accent in it because she heard the demo with talina's talisa's british accent yeah yes because she was copying yeah so we're just going to talk about another um one of talisa's run-ins with the law um <laughs> this <laughs> this isn't funny but it is kind of funny in 2013 uh, talisa <laughs> uh, <Talisa> was a, <laughs> a shake reached out to Talisa um, called Mahmoud because uh, he wanted her to be in a Hollywood uh, blockbuster that he was producing. So off our little Talisa was like, of course I'll be in a Hollywood movie. Off she popped to a hotel in London. And while she was meeting with the Sheikh, um, she allegedly arranged <laughs> for him to buy drugs from someone that she knows. Turns out it was the fake Sheikh. <laughs> and the fake Sheikh, oh my God, this is so annoying to explain. The fake Sheikh is essentially this guy who's like an um, undercover reporter who has for some reason does all these like sting operations on celebrities where he dresses up as a shake and then secretly films them doing illegal things or offering him illegal things. And our girl Talisa got caught up in it. Forget Tiger King. This is what I want to see. Oh my God. I would, if I could watch a fake, the fake shake documentary, there must be one out there. Um, but anyway, um, she, so basically she kind of um, ended up in a kind of a, a lawsuit um, court case about this, but actually uh, she ended up winning. But actually, the trial ended up being thrown out. So actually, she didn't face any charges at all. And also, with the Britney one, we should just throw back and say that she ended up winning the Britney Will I Am thing, where she now, absolutely. Only, only last year, I think she now gets royalties from that song, which is absolutely massive. So good for Talisa. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens when the female boss goes to court. She always wins. <laughs> <laughs> she, do you know what? She can have that. That's some great. That's a great line for her. She can have that. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, that's our girl Talisa in a nutshell. Um, I know she's she's doing some fun stuff on Instagram right now, right? Oh yeah, she is. She was posting this week that she um is leaving notes with her uh elderly neighbors saying that she can go out and do their shopping, which is lovely. But career-wise, I mean, it feels like she's like everyone's a bit like, what what's going on with her? Where is she? You know, she's had a bit of a rough time of it with the court cases and things. But something yeah. happened on Loose Woman recently where she revealed that she allegedly, apparently, has some writing credits on Lady Gaga's forthcoming album. Holy shit. Which has also now been delayed due to coronavirus. Come exactly. On. Why I is know. nothing working in Talisa's favor? <laughs> well, she's going to win that one because she's the female boss. <laughs> she's the female I boss. I cannot wait to hear Talisa's. Talisa's uh, Lady Gaga songs. I really hope one of them is just young. <laughs> Imagine Lady Gaga doing young. Literally, if Lady Gaga released young, no one would even remember, like, we would remember, but like, that song would be a, a fucking international smash hit because it's such a good song. That's yeah. really the takeaway from this podcast. We want everyone to listen to young and live it up, okay? And daddy. Oh, anyway. Stream them. Stream so, them. <laughs> let's start our campaign to get those three songs to number one. I had a bit of a tough time trying to think of the US equivalent of Talisa. So you're going to have to bear with me on this one. It's a strange one, okay? But I think, I think, I'm, I think I've got someone. So I think, for these reasons, 
that the US equivalent of Talisa is Demi Lovato. Let me tell you why. She's someone with like a big voice. Big voice. That's my first one. She is someone who was a um, very, high, very high profile talent show TV judge. She's also someone who has had a drug based, you know, kind of scandal. I think that's really good because I would say both Talisa and Demi, um, there is a messiness, but a survivalness to both of them. Yes. Like, I, I think they're always right up till now with Talisa having like a Lady Gaga song, potentially. I think she's not going to go away anywhere. So there we go. The US equivalent of Talisa is Demi Lovato. You're welcome. And I would also just say that the US equivalent of Talisa's Young is Demi Lovato. Sorry, not sorry. You're welcome. And we are back. I have done the British topic and Ben is going to do the American topic. Uh, before he gets into that, I just want to let you know, I've had to turn my air conditioning off and I think I might be dying. <laughs> now I feel like I have coronavirus because I'm so hot. Anyway, Ben, what are you talking about? Well... You're talking about being hot. I'm going to tell you something else that's hot right now. Supermarkets, oh, yeah. grocery stores, buying food. And, you know, if you're living in California and L.A. like us, you might go to a certain American store called Trader Joe's. Ugh. Trader Joe's. If you're feeling a bit flirty, you might call it Ugh. TJ's. <laughs> so... Trader Joe's is a very specific, very American, very West Coast American supermarket because in the US, as we've talked about before, grocery stores, they're sort of like, they come at their patches of them around the US. It's not like there are that many that are huge over the whole of US. There isn't really a Tesco here or a Sainsbury's or an Asda. That's what <laughs> I'm trying to say. So Trader Joe's. Let me give you a bit of background from a website I don't know if you've heard of called not, Wikipedia. Not, okay, so Trader Joe's. No. no, you're not familiar? Okay, well, let me tell you. Trader Joe's, according to Wikipedia, this this um, it's almost like an encyclopedia. Um, Trader Joe's is um, a grocery store, a supermarket. Um, it was opened in 1967 by someone called Joe in Pasadena, California. Pasadena, for those of you uh, in the UK, is kind of like an area of... Uh, of uh la yeah. basically it's like another little town that's part of la um it's where um anyone that likes the real housewives it's where erica jane lives in the real housewives of beverly hills oh so is that not shocking yeah now that now you, i know you don't know about real housewives but isn't that insane that she lives in pasadena and she's a real housewives of beverly hills yeah pasadena's like fascinating in fact what's the uk equivalent of pasadena it's like Guildford. highgate in london <laughs> Sorry, Guilford. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, so Trader Joe's was started in Pasadena. Um, now, crucially, um, he's said to develop the idea of the Trader Joe's South Seas motif while on vacation in the Caribbean. The tiki culture, it's back, the tiki culture fad of the 1950s and 60s was, a f was fresh in the cultural memory, and uh, basically he ran with it. <laughs> so here's the thing. Trader Joe's is it has a tiki theme it's a supermarket in the year 2020 that has a tiki theme just i'm gonna let that all i'm sinking i just want to say you. from a now, caribbean person perspective as my dad as we know I don't, 
Excuse me. Oh, here she goes. Excuse me. That's my here dad. she goes. My dad is from the Caribbean, and I will say that the Trader Joe's tiki motif is nothing like the Caribbean. It is that is insane. There is not one person in the Caribbean who actually lives there that wears like a floral shirt. Anyway, I thought tiki was more Hawaiian than Caribbean. Is it just the islands? <laughs> but you know what? It was the fifties. He was doing it, and our Joe. He, you know, it, it was all just the same to him. So take it up with him. Are you, the islands. Yeah, the islands, all just the same. You can't take it up with him because he actually died this year, but we'll move on from that. Anyway, Trader Joe's. Yikes. So basically, it's a supermarket with a tiki theme. It's mainly in um, the West, in America. There are now some in New York, um, but it's still very much a California supermarket. Now, crucially, this is something that really irks Fraser, is that... Um, while a typical supermarket may carry 50,000 items, Trader Joe's stocks about 4,000 items. Mm, you're right. I'm irked. I'm going to be irked through this entire segment. Trader Joe's, it's like the concept of it is like a, a smaller to mid-size supermarket. So imagine like a big Tesco Metro. That's as big as we're going to get, you know? Um and as as we talked about the tiki theme, uh, everyone who works there wears a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah, um, Hawaiian. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> just really, just rolling all those islands into into the one. Um, <laughs> they they've really they really go for it with the theming. There's a lot of like uh, murals and paintings around the place. Um, you get quite often like there are fun like stickers that get handed out with parrots and things on them. Like it's all going there. And it's very confusing as a British person going to that kind of supermarket because you're like, well, you're used to going to like Tesco's, you know, every yeah. little helps. And then suddenly you're in like this strange mid-sized tiki land with stickers and stuff. It's it's very confusing. Yeah, jarring. Um, very jarring. Um now, the, the theming extends to the products and the packaging. So about 80% of the stock is all Trader Joe's own brand. And it's like, I tell you what, a graphic artist slash cartoonist has gone crazy with all the packaging has like fun parrots and motifs and font. Like it's like the whole branding is very, very strong um, and it's everywhere. On that subject, now, Fraser, I know you're not into Trader Joe's, but I'm guessing you may have some favorite Trader Joe's products. Yes. Um, before I started working at my current office, my favorite Trader Joe's product was the peanut butter pretzels, which is those little, oh. those little pretzels that have peanut butter inside of them. However, at my office, there is a free-flowing, was before I had to work from home, um, there is a free-flowing supply of said peanut butter pretzels, and I now am sick of the sight of them. But they were one of my favorite things ever. Do you know what, though? Once we're through Corona, those peanut butter pretzels that are currently in your abandoned office, they're going to live on. They'll, they'll be just fine. Yeah, true. That's the five anything. <laughs> um, some of my favorite products include peppermint JoJo's. So Aww. JoJo's are like Trader Joe's version of Oreos. They are but so, Chris, oh. so good. Are they like candy, so the peppermint candy cane ones, kind of? Flavored, yeah. yeah oh so good exactly so they come out at, at the holidays and they are candy so imagine an oreo but the inside is like a, is that same cream but like with bits of candy cane in it oh i've eaten a whole box of those before yeah. um the ice cream sandwiches wonderful oh, actually i tell you what as well the, they do a lovely like 
they do a lovely range of you know how i'm big into like the crisp aisle in the uk or the chip aisle if you're in the uh in america you know how i'm big into like mm -hmm. just anything that's dry and kind of like a dry claggy crisp snack they do like a really good variety of like different cheese you know like parmesan crisp and all that shit oh they do lovely stuff like mm -hmm. that oh yeah oh and all the and, and all the and all the packaging's like pretty much waving at you with all the yeah. colors and like fun things Yellow on it. Tea. Um, I'm I'm also very into they do like dried blueberries covered in uh, chocolate Ooh. in like a little box, and you can just eat those by the handful, like chucking sweet little marbles into your <laughs> mouth. Um, the the almond butter chocolate cups that you put in the oh, freezer. I have not had them. Oh my god, they sound so good. Yes, you have. Oh yes, you've had, had them at my yes. house. Oh my god, I did have them at your house. That was so good. We've we've watched many an episode of Murder She Wrote while scoffing oh down on those. We will again, and then fight, and we will again one day. Um, and finally, I love the they've got a seasoning that's called Everything But the Bagel Sesame Seasoning Blend. So, in the U.S., when you order like an Everything Bagel that has it, it comes with salt and sesame and pepper and garlic and everything on the bagel. Well, this is all that seasoning, so you could just make like some. I don't know, like I made some avocado toast and you shove that oh. seasoning on and I tell you what, Lovely. ideal. Well, see, my here's my issue with Trader Joe's. As you know, it's not the food. The food is actually generally pretty good. It's nice. It's like nice for choice items. It's not like I could not, I don't know how people do their like weekly shop there. It's way too much for me. Mm. It, it, you it, couldn't, you couldn't. It's like going to Marks and Spencers. You just go and buy bits. Exactly. My real problem with Trader Joe's, as I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, is its sense of whimsy. Where I don't, where I don't want whimsy is a supermarket. I'm like, we're not going to a supermarket in Disneyland here, people. I don't need like, I feel like at some point they're going to just put actual animatronic parrots in there. No, I, I, I hear you. There are some many frustrating things. The, the parking lots of any Trader Joe's for some reason is just like bumper car central traffic hell i don't know why that is but there's something else i've discovered fraser that's really going to push you okay. over the edge now normally we would ban the mention of of this sort of thing oh. on the podcast but i'm gonna have to bring up the beatles okay this actually i genuinely as a joke was about to say oh what like the beatles i'm furious furious the beatles. okay now, this was brought to my attention by um, listener Nicole in LA, but a lot of the, you know, you were talking about the whimsy with all the products. A lot of the products have re like really kind of like fun, catchy names. Someone discovered that a lot of the names can be sung to the tune of Eleanor Rigby. Okay. Maple leaf cookies, gluten-free Jojo's. Do you hear it? Do you hear what I'm saying? Sheldon and mommy, pesto and quinoa. Problem with this is I would have to be familiar with the source material, which I am one hundred percent not. Basically, Elner Rigby. For I mean, I know it's not part of our canon, but basically, Elner Rigby. It kind of goes, Eleanor Rigby. So many beef tacos. I'm so angry. beet crackers. Candy cane green tea. It just goes on and on. I've never been more angry in this podcast. I know, but I thought that was Absolutely. like a real perfect meeting of cultures that would make you really, really push you over the edge. Okay, well we we have to we have to pander to you know some of the straight people at some point, I suppose. Ugh, do we? Okay, 
Getting back on track, I know we've just talked about a lot of the products um, and you talked about some of your favorites. I talked about some of, some of my favorites. I've got a game for you, Fraser, and it's called Trader Joe or Trader No. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to mention, I'm going to read out the name of Trader Joe products okay. and you have to tell me whether they're real or fake. Okay. If they're real, Trader Joe. If they're fake, Trader No. Got it. First up. Scalloped potato chips with five cheeses. Is that Trader Joe or Trader No? Uh, Trader Joe. Correct. That sounds like probably something I have eaten. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you referenced it oh, earlier. Very into that. Okay. Is this Trader Joe or Trader No? Lavender light mayo. Oh, uh, Trader No. You're correct. Oh, that is, they're, not, they're not real. I made that up. That is truly a horrifying thought. I hate mayonnaise so much. Oh. <laughs> but you can imagine like a light mayo with like a, like a lavender, like just zest to Ooh. it, you know? Yuck. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Next up. Turkey stuffing seasoned kettle chips. Trader Joe or Trader No? Trader Joe. You're right. <gasps> Popcorn in a pickle. That's pickle-flavored popcorn. Is that Trader Joe or Trader No? Uh, Trader Joe? You're correct. <gasps> that sounds also so disgusting. Why are you picking these horrible, <laughs> it's really horrible good. things? We, Jesse often buys that one. It's like Monster Munch. It's like pickled onion Monster Munch. Okay. Well, now you know how to appeal to me. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, next up, Bollywood popcorn. That's popcorn with vegan tikka masala seasoning. Is that Trader Joe or Trader No? Trader No. You're wrong. It's real. It's Trader Joe. That seems very problematic. Pumpkin spice gazpacho. Is that Trader Joe or Trader No? <laughs> that has to be Trader No. You're right. Trader No. That's a great, um, great use of I, words, though. I, but, but I will say, um, like... When it comes to October time, like as soon as like, actually, as soon as like mid-September hits, Trader Joe's goes pumpkin spice fucking crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> of course they do. Because what's more whimsical than fucking pumpkin spice? Those bastards. It's like, it, it's like the equivalent of walking within like a one mile radius of a lush bath bomb store. You can just smell the pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, okay, final one for you. Is it Trader Joe or Trader No? Pancake bread. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say Trader No. You're wrong. It's Trader Joe. What is pancake bread? And please get it delivered to my house immediately. It looked like some sort of strange, like, thick-looking cake with lots of, like, cinnamon and sugar on it. I of course. I, basically, exactly, exactly what it sounds like, mixed between pancake and bread. Sold. Absolutely sold. I, okay, you, you touched on some, you know, when we talked about the Bollywood popcorn, you touched on something else. Um... Trader Joe's, with all their own brands, they have like different like labels uh, for different types of food. So they have Trader Jose's for Mexican food, Baker Yosef's for flour and bagels, Trader Giotto's for Italian food, Trader Ming's for Asian food, nice. and Trader Jack's for French food and soaps. Oh, lovely. Of course. That, that's, that's very tinged with problematic feelings for me but no i you know I, I guess they're they're going for it aren't they trader mings eh so 
one thing which I have definitely mentioned when I did the Gelson's episode um, was, because there is a Trader Joe's opposite Gelson's, is that Trader Joe's, the ones that I've been to are always generally, you mentioned this, like the size of like a Tesco Metro, just slightly larger. And I find that aspect of Trader Joe's very frustrating because mm -hmm. I feel like people go there as if they're going to a huge supermarket and act like they are, but it's too small. So there's a, there's a lot of like, a lot of trolley translation cart work happening in the aisles of a Trader Joe's to try to avoid people. A lot of very, especially the one in Silver Lake, a lot of very annoying people buying a lot of very annoying things in there that, you know, just my blood pressure does rise when I'm in there. I'm trying to obviously now I live in LA, be very go in the flow and cool with it. But, and also under these conditions that we're in right now, I'm like, I'd love to go to Trader Joe's and be like, spinning around in a tiki shirt you know appropriating cultures myself if i could how how do you feel about uh you mentioned being in a a tightly packed trader joe's uh with a cart aka a trolley how do you feel about the mini carts that they have for kids have you seen those yes i'm we should not children should be restrained into the adult's cart not let loose with a smaller cart to be more in the way <laughs> I, I, to trip up over exactly. uh, you know and for everyone and all my friends that have kids i love all of you and everyone and that doesn't apply to you just strangers children straight strangers children which is actually the name of uh our punk rock band's third album yeah well punk pop it's gonna be more like kind of ashley simpson's work avril lavigne <laughs> like an avril ashley simpson like mashup <laughs> perfect <laughs> Okay, so all this talk of Trader Joe's has made me think about what is the UK equivalent, okay? I've had a few thoughts. Now, first of all, I thought of our beloved uh, Iceland Love, uh, supermarket, yep. not yep. the country. Now, the reason I was wondering if uh, the UK equivalent of Trader Joe's was Iceland, because Iceland has a very strong theme. You know, they don't go to town with everything being ice, but everything is frozen. You know exactly what you're getting, and it's different to the other supermarkets. So I wondered yes. about that. And also, okay. um, Iceland, Iceland but does predominantly I sell Iceland brand food, much like Trader Joe's. That's pretty good. Um, but then I moved on, because, you know, Trader Joe's, it isn't... It isn't budget but it's not super expensive I, I was wondering about marks okay. and spencers because here's the thing again marks and spencers uh, the uk supermarket has yes. all its own brand foods and products and some of them are iconic for example the call in the caterpillar fucking birthday cake oh, and the percy pig sweets well, i do like a percy pig though yeah very well you do like a percy pig very welcome the fizzy ones oh so, I mean, those are all, I mean, again, those are products of real whimsy. People are obsessed with them. They've got their own following. And I feel like some of Trader Joe's products have them. And I was thinking, what is the theme of Marks and Spencer's? And I was like, yeah. oh, the theme is Great Britain. Because it's like very British and kind of, I think it's got that royal seal of like, to Her Majesty the Queen, like it's her green, probably it's her <laughs> supermarket, who knows. But then I landed on what I think the winner is. And I think the winner is actually, because Trader Joe's is all whimsy, everything's brightly colored, all the, the packaging looks like it's cartoon-like, I think that the UK equivalent of Trader Joe's is the supermarket from Supermarket Sweep. Oh, gosh. Okay. Because... Because it's, it's kind of real, it's kind of fake, it's kind of fun, it's also... A I don't know. Everything looks like a prop. 
everything you know what i mean it's like when you go to trader joe's it feels like you're in another world that isn't quite real much like the set of supermarket sweep and shout out to the, the new american version of supermarket sweep that will be coming out at some point this year um i was actually gonna say in my head i thought it would be a mix of like marks and spencers and the rainforest cafe but i think mm. I, <laughs> I think that um i think that you've hit the nail on the head there because at least it's just one answer yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. Okay, so the UK equivalent of Trader Joe's is the supermarket from the TV show Supermarket Sweep. You're welcome. And we are back. We are going to be finishing out with our regular segment, Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we pick a British or American topic and say whether it's welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like it or not. I have got a coronavirus quarantine twist on mine and they are basically going to become clear as we go through them so do you want to start okay welcome or not welcome wimpy <laughs> oh my god okay so wimpy is a very 90s fast food chain in the uk where the whole thing was that you ate your food on a plate right with a knife and fork <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though it was fast food, like McDonald's, it was like, oh no, in the UK, we're we're uh, more civilized than that. So we're going to serve your burger and fries on a plate with real cutlery, aka silverware. <laughs> Do you know what? Just for my childhood alone, Wimpy's welcome. Welcome. Um, so just to, just to give you a clue, um, all three of mine are movies that I've watched in the past two weeks, and they all follow a very similar theme. Welcome or not welcome, yeah. Goldeneye. The James Bond film, oh. GoldenEye. I need to rewatch it. Uh, obviously, the N64 game's very important. and Exactly. The, the, the movie was solid, but the most important thing of all is the Tina Turner song, GoldenEye. 1,000%. I watched GoldenEye um, last week, and weirdly enough, of the Piers Brosnan oeuvre, it held up like pretty well oh. still don't really understand what it was about i think it was to do with russians and satellites but sean bean was in it uh, alan cumming is in it it's very fun i um, highly recommend i'm also going to give you a, a side anecdote about the song goldeneye when i was 10 uh, my best friend amy and i uh, we used to basically do drag shows in our school we didn't know what drag was at the time <laughs> and amy performed goldeneye to our class where she stood on the top of a school table and she peeled off um, she had her back to the audience she peeled off the school raincoat to reveal one of her mum's gold lame dresses from the 80s and then she jumped down and did a whole performance of Goldeneye and that my friends is welcome uh, that is all so stunning that is welcome Goldeneye is welcome what's your okay. next one welcome or not welcome the one show <laughs> oh god the one show okay I'm going to explain the one show to American people. It is on at 6 p.m. every day. It is live for an hour. I believe the term is, it's a magazine show, which means that there is no real theme to the show. There's hosts that sit there and they have celebrity guests, sometimes performances, but then also these insane like video packages of like someone at an owl sanctuary or like, oh, I'm here, I'm here looking at badgers in the wild. It's the most British thing you could ever imagine. And I would say it's not welcome because I cannot stand it. it. At the moment, I know it's actually, it, it's kind of becoming real appointment viewing as everyone's stuck at home because it's like a kind of live, very digestible 
segments every day at a certain time. But you hit the nail on the head with the, at one point you might be talking about a war in Syria. But coming up next, badger mating in the Cotswolds. (laughs) With Chris Packham. Yeah, I'm going to say it's welcome. I'm not welcome. Okay, Okay. what's next? Next up, welcome, not welcome, the Pierce Brosnan Bond movie, Tomorrow Never Dies. Now this one is the one with Terry Hatcher and Michelle Yeoh are the Bond girls for it. Now, I'm going to just give you a quick overview of the plot. Very strange one. Man who is a stand-in of a Rupert Murdoch character is the head of a global news corporation who does newspapers and like news outlets. And he is purposefully causing war so that his news company can cover it? How does he make money from that? I couldn't tell you. I know that Terry Hatcher dies very early on in it. And there's a wild sex scene with her oh. where her hair is insane. She literally has like an old woman's like perm. It's very 90s, um, and it is really bad. The only shining light is Michelle Yeoh as the Bond girl in it is like one of the most capable Bond girls that there has ever been. They're like actual partners. Wait, and that's that's not the one with mm. the invisible BMW. No, 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 no. No, that's the one. This is the one where there's, I think, satellites again. Um, <laughs> those Pierce Brosnan ones, there's always a satellite involved. Um, and yeah, yeah I, something to do with, Chinese uh, and yeah, Rupert Murdoch. So I'm going to say not welcome for that one. Not welcome. That's your final one. Welcome or not welcome, calling coffee Java. I feel like that's a very American thing to do. People do not do that in the UK. Because I guess guess the UK equivalent of that is someone saying like cup of cha for cup of tea, right? Or like... uh, Yeah, but tea is different. No, but I'm just saying... So many more British people drink tea than coffee. It's kind of like the oh, version yeah. of like that. The way every American person talks incessantly about coffee, myself included. Um, I feel like British people will be like, oh, lovely cup of tea, oh, cup of cha, oh, make us a builders. Oh, yeah, yada, 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 tea, tea, tea. Uh, I'm going to say not welcome because you said yeah. it to me before we started recording and I was instantly furious. <laughs> yeah, not welcome. I agree with that. Okay, what else you got? My final one, welcome or not welcome, the Pierce Brosnan. Bond movie, Die Another Day. Now, let me set the scene for you. Theme tune, Madonna. Die another day. Sigmund Freud. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, talking, we're talking Ice Palace. We're talking Invisible BMW, Halle Berry, uh, Madonna as a fencing instructor, um, a villain who has diamonds stuck in his face, another villain who has another person's face, like Face Off. Um, what else am I forgetting from that movie? I, th- I, think, I think you got it all. I think... I think that that one is so, so bad because I watched it recently. It's ludicrous that it's actually welcome. In the same 1, way that Goldeneye is pretty good and it's welcome. Tomorrow Never Dies is neither good nor bad, so it can fuck off. But, uh, but Die Another Day, 100% welcome. Truly, it's like the Batman and Robin of the, of the Bond kind of canon. where it's I like... was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> where it's like so terrible that it's amazing. Shout out to Rosamund Pike. For her character in Die Another Day, where she does a fantastic and shocking twist, where she turns out to be a villain, and her name is, I think, uh, something Frost, and then the whole set piece at the end is in the snow and ice, and I'm like, round of applause, James Bond makers. Thank you. Much that, like how everyone that... at the home is clapping for the NHS, over here I'm clapping for <laughs> Die Another Day. <laughs> Die Another Day. I mean, shout, shout out to that James Bond stage at Pinewood, in drizzly <laughs> old Pinewood. Give it a shout out. Where they built probably an ice palace replica. 
for uh, Rosamund Pike to be whatever Vivian Frost or whatever her name was. Hang on. I need to look up her name. It's going to really annoy me if I don't remember. Okay, I had to look it up. She's Miranda Frost. I'm sorry, everyone that was thinking that. I know there's a lot of, you know, Miranda Frost heads out there that needed vindication for that. <laughs> Is she Mandy Frost to her friends? <laughs> of course. Yeah, Mandy. You know, Mandy Frost. <laughs> so good. Right. On that note, we have to end. Thank uh, you very much to everyone listening. We hope you're all okay and safe and doing it well out there. Give us a shout. Let us know how you're doing on the Instagram. Um, you know, send us abuse, comments, questions, yeah. whatever you want, because, you know, conversation's good at the moment. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I just, that's pretty much it. I want everyone to know that I did watch the other Piers Brosnan um, Bond movie, which has a title that sounds so much like all the other ones that I can't remember what it is. I think it's like Golden Eye Dies Another Day Tomorrow. And I didn't even mm, feel like yeah. I didn't feel like that one was even worth mentioning. So sorry, Cheryl. That's fair. Sorry, Cheryl Crow with your fucking Bond theme. Or was it garbage? Uh oh. Never mind. Who knows? Yes. Tell you what, it was it was it wasn't Madonna. So, <laughs> you know, don't care. Oh my god. I'm just thinking really, really quickly. Like how come someone much funnier hasn't done like a Bond theme recently? Like it's always been so like Sam Smith and like Adele and like boring people. Like wouldn't it just be fun to have like, isn't like Billie Eilish doing the next one? Like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, like a... but, but that's the problem. No, but that's the problem. It's like the James, the, it's like the Batman movies. They've got like way too serious and credible. Like we want someone really silly. Like who, who would you, who would you want to do it? Who do you want to be? Well, I, I, I obviously would. Oh my God. I've just hit on it. Talisa. She should do the next Bond theme. <gasps> and it should just be young. Could you imagine the like what like a like a like a vampy version yes. of young? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's like a piano version of young. Lots of trumpets. Imagine the opening like artwork of that, like set to young, with like silhouettes of women like falling and like martini glasses and like guns shooting. Oh my god. We Talisa, you need to call us. We have we... so many ideas for you. They really all revolve around just young, but it's good. <laughs> Give that song to Lady Gaga. We got your back, Talisa. Give Young to Lady Gaga. <laughs> Let her release that on her new album. Try right. right, we have to end. Do Thank we? you for listening, everyone. You're welcome for all of this. And for, can I, can, to, to round out this episode, can you just add in the audio of Madonna saying, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud. <laughs> your wish is my command, babes. <laughs> um, Thank you. Bye. bye. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. Sigmund Freud.